Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One matter. Breaking the mold. An exquisite finish by one matter. On TalkSport. Hello and welcome to Juan Mata, Breaking the Mold, with me, Guillem Balaguer. Manchester United's Juan Mata is a World Cup winner, a European champion, Champions League and Europa League winner. And yet Mata, for a man who is at the top of the game and at the peak of his powers, really alters the way the public sees footballers. Since his arrival on these shows in 2011, he has established himself in the hearts and minds of many football supporters. Unique in his kindness and understanding of football fans, his insistent smile, his footballing skills and his unique relationship with English fans have enlightened the football landscape in this country. He writes his own blog, he builds Spotify playlists for fans and he genuinely cares about football as a sport. He's still as passionate about the game now as he was as a child on the streets of Oviedo. His playing career is illustrious and still ongoing. Few pros can say they have played for Real Madrid, Chelsea and Manchester United and be proud of his time at all those clubs. For this interview, Juan invited us to his local hotel near his home in Manchester. Apparently all his interviews are conducted there. Alongside him, his father Juan and his friend Jose. We sat down over a coffee and left me no doubt that Juan Mata is breaking the mould. Mata edge of the penalty area, bringing the ball down, shooting towards goal. He doesn't miss from there. Great cross, and Mata meets it in sumptuous style, and it's 2-0 Chelsea. It's the greatest night in Chelsea's history. Champions of Europe at last. And Mata fires the ball low and hard into the empty net, and Spain are European champions again. Into Di Maria, looks for Mata again. Mata with a wonderful bicycle kick pass. Simon Mignolet in front of the delirious Manchester United fans. One Mata in the English Clasico. The winners of the FA Cup are Manchester United. One Mata scores for Manchester United against Manchester City, and Old Trafford bursts into life. We are in a hotel which you use sometimes, not far away from home, is that right? No, five minutes. Five minutes from home. Which you use sometimes to um, to come and have a coffee and meet some friends. Is that is this like your, your living room, your public living room? Well, that's how the adult manager call it. <laughs> My room. Every time I come, is everyone is waiting for you in your room. And it's like, well, it's a big room. It's yeah. a massive room. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes, please, I'll have some, some milk. What's the bit that you like most about football? Training, the game, the scoring? Uh, yeah, I mean, being on the pitch. Mm. Even a Tuesday morning when you go to training and then you warm up, you do a little box or uh, or exercises, and, and then I enjoy that, just being there in the field, in the grass with the ball. And obviously, the best feeling in, in football is, is enjoying what what you are doing enjoying your game and obviously the feeling when you score uh, an important goal this is the the best moment for sure is that football is that what it is uh, in what sense so 
when people come and see the games, for them the game is the most important thing at that point. For a footballer, you're saying about the playing playing football, but is that all that football is? Is, is there anything else around it? Is there is there is there a business more than a sport? Is that something that I, that well, football I- in the in the in the first uh, in the first uh, thought is a sport so it's a game and uh, obviously it's about training getting ready for the games playing fans going and see the games it's all about passion and without this passion it couldn't work and without passion and, and love for what we do and for what the fans bring to the game you couldn't work after that obviously it's, uh, it's a massive sport because it's probably the most uh, loved sport in the in the world and that brings a lot of things around um, yeah business purposes and things but obviously for me football uh, what we all understand as football is seeing seeing people playing with the ball and, and try to win and try to enjoy in the game your passion takes you to watch games as well from other yeah. teams and yes Mm. On on telly live. Yeah, yeah. On on telly more than live because obviously uh, when we are playing, there are a lot of games playing in the same time, so you cannot go. But when you get home, you, we normally watch Spanish league and other games of the Premier League, Italian league, Germany. Uh, I like to watch football and and I like to watch uh, football players play that I like and and I enjoy watching a good game, you know, and and it really. Uh, gets me happy because it's what I love. And when you watch it, are you watching it as a as a footballer, as a fan, uh, as a way of relaxing? So do you analyze it when you're watching it? Yeah, sometimes yes. Yeah, with the years even more uh, because then you see how a team plays or how they organize tactically or what this player is about physically or what does he do normally from the wing or whatever movement it is. And then you analyze it, but uh, you know when you see a game that you don't care about the result, then you try to focus in different things, not just about winning or losing. And then you start learning a lot of new things. Perhaps what I was meant before about if that is football is is is, uh, is that you're talking about with passion of the game. You're talking about passion with about what you do in the, in, in the game. But is that is football going a little bit too far away from that sometimes? Uh, and in many cases, business takes over and kills that passion. Well, it depends how you see it. Obviously, not in me because I'm, I really know what's important for me uh, from football. But obviously, as a as a business world, maybe you know uh, is. There's a lot of things going on around, and and I'm talking about obviously normal thing, which is uh, merchandising or you know the shuttles for the TV with the times of the games and things like this, which is normal because it affects a lot of people, and people is craving to watch these games, to buy these shirts, and that's normal things. So I will I will like to see it um, as well in a positive way, and thinking that. All these things are coming, and football is that big because of the emotion that it brings to to everyone. And I'm not saying it's, it's, it's a bad thing, but I prefer to focus in the in the genuine thing. You said before that that football live in a in a bubble. Uh, your bubble seems to have windows that looks into the outside world. Uh, I don't know if you feel that way that you are still in a bubble, because uh, uh, but you are able to see what's outside. Is is that how you feel? Well, uh, I just said that because I got asked about it and, and obviously I'm a football player but I'm a human being and, and, and I like football, I love football is is what I do now in my life most of the time but uh, I can appreciate other things and I can be interested and curious about other things and and be, uh, be or know what's happening in the world or around, around football and for me it's good because you have a different vision of of, of life, not just about football all the time. So you read a lot. Um. Well, I just I just like to, and I'm curious about other things as well, not just about uh, football or results, you know. And I and I think everyone does the same, so I wouldn't see it as a something weird. Uh, when uh, you are away from the training ground, uh, I've, how is the guitar playing? Is that working well? Well. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, a little bit better than than last week, and, and like this, uh, trying to improve a little bit more, but uh, it takes time. 
it takes time. You need to practice quite a lot and and I'm trying but obviously I'm very bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> so an acoustic guitar. Yeah. And uh what's what's the aim? Uh I mean I would love to play it good because I think it's a nice thing to play a a musical instrument um, because I like music so well I've seen my uncle playing it I've seen some friends playing it and it must uh, be easy you thought yeah I thought <laughs> well if they do it I can do it but then it, it's taking time <laughs> how about composing is it just uh, playing music or composing as well no no just uh, playing another songs no no I didn't compose anything because you write uh, you write uh, the blog that, that gets done is it written by you mostly or yeah yeah so, and you Your writing is is well. It depends on the mood. It depends on the mood. Um, sometimes it's difficult, you know, especially when you lose a game because your mood is not for writing or for for saying anything. It's just for playing again and trying to have better feelings. And obviously for the fans, because when you lose, you know, I, I always try to to tell them what I feel, and and I always try to be positive because it's the way I feel. But I understand sometimes they don't want to read anything. They just want us to win. And, uh, and well, I'm, I've been doing that for the last years and I never missed a Sunday or a Monday without it. And, uh, well, I'll, I think I'll, I'll keep doing it because uh, I think the feedback that I get from the from the people is, is very good, from the fans, and, and I think they like it. I just got a call from uh, publishers in England. Uh, they want somebody to write a novel, and they said, uh, "Would you know any football player that would write a novel?" And I thought, "I know somebody." So you've got no, a contract. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be that crazy to think that I'm able to to do that. I'm not that. Imagine, that imagine you get given that opportunity. Really, what would be your novel about? Um, I have no idea. Seriously, I have, I have a lot of respects for writers. Uh, you know. People might think it's, it's easy to write something or, or for journalists or something like this, but when you get into a, a blank piece of paper and then you have to write something and that this something, uh, it gets to a lot of people, to millions of people, and then they love it and they, they want more, I mean, it's, it's very difficult. So I have a lot of respect for for writers, for people that have the courage to, to create something from their minds coming through words. And I wouldn't dare. I wouldn't dare to do it. Uh, no. So if you become a writer, let's imagine you do, you wouldn't be so much a, a writer, a fictional writer. You may just be a writer that will describe what's going on in the same way, almost like that. Are you doing? You I think so. Yes. Yeah. I think I'm more into the realistic uh, side than in the fantastic side. So would you try to get into media? Because of course uh, you did a journalistic course. How far did you go? No, that? no. At the end, I didn't. It's one of the misunderstandings oh, that right. is being going on in the media. Uh, It was marketing, okay. Uh, sports marketing, not not journalism. Yeah. So, so that is certainly something that you seem comfortable with and happy with. The, 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 the number one, studying away from football, and number two, preparing yourself for the future or not. Mm, that's not my aim right now. You know, um, I just do things that I like to do, and that it it comes to my curiosity that I, I enjoy doing it. Obviously, you know, I'm 28 now and I'm not 20 anymore. So the end is getting closer, but I don't think about it because I'm still enjoying a lot. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do after football, you know. Sometimes they ask me if I'm going to be coach or pundit or I don't know. I don't have a clue. Hmm. Uh, I always say that what I would like to do is um, travel, travel without uh, timings. Uh, we travel ar around the world a lot but we always have a schedule to follow and sometimes for us it's the same that we are in Shanghai that we are in Rome that we are in Madrid because the only thing we see is a hotel and a stadium and, and the airport so I would love to travel and, and see the world um, with my own rhythm At Chelsea he scored 33 goals in 135 games was voted Player of the Year twice, won a Champions League, an FA Cup and a European League trophy. And yet, the Spanish playmaker became the most expensive player in the Red Devils' history in the 2014 January transfer window when he joined for £37 million. Madad fallen down the pecking order at Stafford Bridge under Jose Mourinho and United swooped in. 
His time at United has been a success, scoring important goals and amazingly, is now one of the longest-serving members of the first team squad, despite being reunited with his former manager. Mata shifts it onto his left foot, sends it square into Di Maria, looks for Mata again. Mata with a wonderful bicycle kick pass! Simon Mignolet in front of the delirious Manchester United fans to double their advantage and make the lead 2-0. It was an exquisite finish by Juan Mata, who gets his second goal in the game. You come to England and... Again, there's a change of environment, change of city, but again, it is a perfect time in your life. Uh, you're young, you want all that. Do you come on your own? Uh, was that always the intention? Uh, yeah, I mean, my family came with me for periods, so they came and stayed in in the house for a month, and then they went back to Spain and things like this. But yeah, I, I was uh, alone sometimes, and... And really enjoying London and and the way of living as a football player in England because I really I really like it. Um, I felt like at home uh, since the beginning and and it was a great experience to to go to London and and enjoy this this great city and, and obviously Chelsea as well. Is that the biggest change uh, in your career? How you deal with disappointment and defeat? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. How bad were you? With myself a lot. Uh, you know, I used to be very, very critical with myself, and and that's not good. Uh, I used to put a lot of responsibility in myself, and and that's not good for you to, you know, to learn and to improve. And with the years, I've been lucky enough to, you know, to enjoy a lot in football, to win a lot of things, to feel a lot of great experiences that I never thought I was going to live, and that make me calmer, and you know. Uh, keep going, keep keep being hungry, but uh, more calmer. Is there a coach that has helped you along the way to understand better those things? What victory means, what defeat means, how you have to deal with them? Mm, not a specific one, no. I think it was most more about uh, just my experience and myself than than somebody telling me. Uh, or maybe seeing teammates that they were more experienced than me and you can see how they manage that. But obviously, I think everyone with the years learn. And, and that's why they say uh, between 27 and 30, 31 is the best time to, to perform as a footballer because you have the skills and you have as well the... the the you know, the, the, the years, the experience yeah. and, and the know-how, yeah. Is that what what happens at the elite uh, with the managers, with the coaches? They want you to perform, they tell you how to perform, and the emotional side gets to one side a little bit, and they don't get involved so much into the emotional side. Uh, it depends on the personality of the coach. You know, there are coaches that um, see that as a very important part of the game, and other ones that they don't see it as, as important. Uh, but at the end of the day... You're a professional football player, and and you have to become strong, you know, by yourself and by learning. And and you know, sometimes people treat you in one way, or a manager treat you in a different way. But you have to manage by yourself. You cannot help. Uh, you cannot wait for for help coming from outside. You have to help yourself. In fact, the natural selection of players uh, means that the toughest is the ones that survive and get to the top. Have you? Do you remember any player along the way that you thought, "Oh, he's going to make it. He's better than me. He's better than anybody," but couldn't because yeah, that, that uh, mental side. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, I don't know if because of the mental side or because of you know luck. Sometimes injuries uh, get a lot of players out of the way because you have to be lucky as well, and you have to be at the moment, at the right moment, doing the right thing maybe with the right manager and, and then you have the chance and you take it, you have to take it. But I have played in, in Oviedo, in in, in Selección Asturiana, in the national team under 16, under 17, seeing a lot of players that you see, wow, they were very, very good and at the end, I don't think they are playing football anymore. Let, let's give an homage to one of them. Um, for example, Christian. I don't know the, the last name, but Christian was a was a football player, and Fran, he was a teammate of me when I was playing as a kid in Asturias. 
and you know they were strikers one from Real Oviedo and another one from Real Sporting and they always score more than 100 goals in every league and everyone was speaking about them and how good they are how big they're going to be and I don't think they're playing right now uh, or if they are playing they're not playing in, in a high level so you have to be careful with that as well you know we tend to make big stars at an early age and that's not good for for anyone because you you think you are you have some big name you are someone and you are still 14 15 and you have a lot of things to do yet brings to mind Rashford for instance uh, who has been hyped big time very very early in his career and you have to say he hasn't done anything uh, he's impressed can be very good are you all looking after him yes I, I see him as a as a real talent obviously his quality is undeniable but I see him as well with his mind in the right place focused and and I love to see that because you know I've seen a lot of players like I said before with with great qualities but at the end they were focused in different things he's taking the chance every time he plays he's doing right he's scoring goals he's helping the team he's playing fearless and and he has the courage to to do what he feels in 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 the pitch and I think he's going to be a very important player for for Man United and for England and he's still 19 or 20 and you know he's become uh, an important player for us already in few months because in one year time or no sorry in one year ago he was playing for the reserve team and for the under 18s so it has been a massive change in his life but I think he's dealing he's dealing with that okay and, and he's a great guy so Hopefully he can carry on the same way. To Herrera, who spreads it to Varela first time. Ball into the box, flying towards Lingard. Comes back towards Marcus Rashford. And he hammers the ball into the top corner of the net. What a goal from Rashford. Once again in the right place at the right time. I visited uh, the training ground a few times uh, while I was doing my uh, the biography of Cristiano Ronaldo. And I saw the ghost of Cristiano Ronaldo there. There's a ghost. <laughs> There's pictures of him. A lot. <laughs> There's a lot of pictures. Yeah. There's quotes of him. Uh, and a lot of people have got stories to tell about Cristiano because some of the people that were at that time are still there. Do you, have you felt that ghost? No. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I, you know, you if you walk through the corridors in Carrington, you see a lot of photos from Cristiano and from a lot of people that they have done great things in the club. Uh but I didn't feel any ghost <laughs> yet. <laughs> I, I never been at night. I never slept in in Carrington. But uh, obviously, Cristiano was was a very important player for the club. You can see as well a lot of of quotes from Matt Busby. You can see photos from Alex Ferguson, from from Eric Cantona, from George Best, from you know a lot of legends in the club. And obviously, Cristiano was a, a very important player as well. I was going to ask you about the ghost of Sir Alex Ferguson, but uh, you didn't feel it by the sense of it either. <laughs> no, no, I see him sometimes in the stadium, and and he's very, very alive. Uh, not a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about Rashford at the beginning of his career as an elite player. You in the middle of it, right at the other spectrum is uh, Ibrahimovic, who has always done whatever he wanted and uh, still does it. Uh, Kids love him because of that individuality that he has and the way he does things, which are different. Are we producing Ibrahimovic, or is that one-off? Is that the last of a of an era? Well, you know, it's very it's very difficult to have all the things that he has. Uh, it's very difficult to when people say about this is the next Messi or the next uh, Cristiano or the next Ibrahimovic or the next Rooney or whoever it is. It's very difficult because he's one of a kind, and and Zlatan is is like this. I mean, he has a great uh, physical strength combined with with great quality, great flexibility, and great movement and and reading of the game. So he has almost everything, and he has as well a a, um, a strong personality, which I think it helped him through the years a lot. Um, and I think he, he says that all the time because he really feels that his mentality is what sets him apart. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy that he's here because, you know, I'm always happy to play with great players uh, during my career. Obviously, he's one of the best strikers 
that there is in the game and um, he's brought a lot of things to the team you know not just his mentality or his way of understanding football his way of behaving you know with the players in the dressing room he's always uh, pushing buttons in the right moment and in the right way trying to motivate everyone and he's very funny guy so I think he's, he's a very good addition for the team So is that the training sessions are like I mean he's a bit of a joker and Yeah he is, he is yeah, he's always joking he's always uh, doing banters and, and yeah pushing the buttons in, in the right moment in the right way to the right persons and and I think it's good for the dressing room as well this, this character Martial Ibrahimovic vantage play by the referee Ibrahimovic looks up shoots scores he was 25 yards out, he's just passed it into the bottom left-hand corner and he runs towards the edge of the United Technical Area where Jose Mourinho is off the bench and off his feet, jumping with delight. So it sounds like uh, Ibra comes to, uh, to have fun when it comes to train and to play football. Uh, in your case, uh, is it a job? Is it a, a place of fun as well? What, what, what do you think of when you go to training? I mean, I, I never tried to lose that uh, feeling of just playing football just uh, coming back to the start and uh, coming back to the roots where I played football since I was a kid and, and if I was not a professional footballer I would still be playing football I think with my friends and during the weekend or in the weekends and then having a drink with them because I love to play and then obviously you become professional and you have more responsibilities and you have more duties and you have always the um, the thing of in the back of your head of, of winning and, and you know performing well competing and all these things that comes with professional sport but I always try to to have a space for the real and genuine uh, feeling of playing because football is, is a game and obviously it's about when you become professional footballer it's about being better and trying to be better trying to win but as well for me is trying to enjoy and trying to to don't feel that genuine feeling you are listening to Juan Mata breaking the mold in this next section he talks us through the move from Chelsea to United the biggest signing of the transfer window so far has been completed. Manchester United have confirmed one matter has joined from Chelsea for a club record fee of £37.1 million. And his relationship with Mourinho. Manchester United are going to make another substitution just to run the clock down again. The Moose, if he is still on the touchline, can tell us about it because he's been waiting to tell us about this all day. One matter who came on as a sub, uh, I think it was for Jesse Lingard, uh, after about 55 minutes, is the man who's coming off. So one matter gets the uh, hook, the substitute's been substituted and Mkhitaryan is coming on. It never feels good when that happens, really, does it? So you are walking around here. There's a lot of green. There must be parks uh, around this area where you live. And a ball comes to you. There's a bunch of kids playing, teenagers, eh? And they said, uh, come on, join us and play football. What do you say? Well, uh, I think I'll say yes. You know, it never happened since I came, but uh, when I'm with my friends on holidays and there's a beach and we have a ball, we play. And and I think every footballer will do the same. Would you be surprised if I tell you, I must have asked this about 100 people, 100 players, top players. Only three told me they will join that group. David Beckham, Zidane and Raul. Well, uh, I've seen more. You know, I've seen Buffon last summer. I've seen... A lot of football players, and and I think I'll do the same because because a game is a game, and then if you see even kids playing, or or when I go home and my cousins are playing or whatever, I like to do that because it's is what I what I enjoy the most. When you came to England, you spoke English already, so uh, so so. I thought I spoke spoke English, but uh, then you come here and obviously I had lessons in the school. You know, in Spain we have. We have English um, obligatory in the school. But then you come here and you start feeling that English people speak very quick, that the accent is very difficult to understand. I think it happened, or I, I believe it happened the same to you. And uh, and then you need to hurry up and you need to quick, you, ne- you need to start uh, learning quick and fast because then you are lost in translation. 
and it's important obviously to to live here to to understand and to learn the language because you can uh, try to learn theory but then you have to to dare to speak it so who made the call say you know if the electricity company you had a problem with them or you needed something on the phone to somebody at the beginning who made the calls in the phone it was difficult in the phone <laughs> it is still difficult sometimes when you call i don't know to a restaurant to someone to fix something in the house or whatever if you don't have them in front of you and you can kind of read what they say is difficult to understand so you have i always had to say can you say it again please can you say it again please and uh, at the fourth time maybe i got it but i tried to call i was the one that tried to call and tried to understand it sometimes probably i did the wrong booking in a restaurant or <laughs> i called the wrong people but uh, i tried from that period from that first few months what do you remember as in a moment of difficulty or a funny moment with your language or something that, that well um when i arrived to to chelsea we were a few spanish people there it was fernando torres who spoke obviously good english after his years in in liverpool he was uh, oriol romeo who was in the same position as me we were having lessons with a great teacher peter great man um, every week in in uh, Chelsea's uh, training camp but the funniest thing was Paco Vioska the <laughs> the, the doctor. doctor yeah the doctor of Chelsea he is Spanish and his English is very Spanish yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, big, uh, accent and big accent big uh, accent Spanish words yeah, into English yeah that's right <laughs> So it was I think it was the funniest moment with him trying to speak with all the team because sometimes he had to speak with all the team in the dressing room in his Spanglish and it was so funny to to her to hear. <laughs> how how was the uh the move to Manchester United how did you leave that was it must have been tension Well um it was an intense week because you know a lot of people was talking about and and it was long days but uh, at the end it was all good you know and i i see it as a, obviously or i feel it as a very grateful week from my side to to all the chelsea club to all the chelsea supporters and to everyone there because i had amazing experiences in there and we've celebrated a lot of important things together so i was in a way sad for for uh, living a club like Chelsea and all these memories and all these great people and obviously happy for coming to a great club like like Manchester United that no not everyone has the chance to play for for Manchester United so it was mixed feelings but uh, with a grateful feeling in the back of my head it was you who wrote the letter to the mm -hmm. fans it was yourself uh, and and it was a, an emotional letter uh, out there for everybody who wants to look at it uh, was it difficult to write it uh well it i think it came by itself <laughs> you know it was what i felt at that moment to everyone that has helped me through the years in especially obviously in, in chelsea uh, not just to the fans but to everyone working in the club to my teammates and to to everyone that i had relationship with because i i really think it was a great moment in my life and that's the way I could put it in words. You know, sometimes it's difficult to to write some feelings, but uh, I did it the best I could. And then at Manchester United, uh, things didn't go as as expected. Uh, you feel, even though you haven't been for many many years at the club, but you feel that he has a responsibility to uh, to lead, especially in terms of difficulties. Do you speak? Do you uh, do you try to cheer people up? Do you, you have to look after the young players? That how you feel about it? Well, even though I've not been here for a long time, uh, I'm one of the oldest mm -hmm. uh, being in the club right now. We had been through a period of a lot of changes in the club, uh, from managers to players, and and there's a lot of new players, there's a lot of new faces, young players, and and obviously I've been here. This is my third season. I believe. Well, two and a half, this is my fourth then. And, um, you know, I, I, be, I became one of the ones that was playing here for, for most of the time. And, well, I, I liked uh, the responsibility, to be fair. I always liked it uh, during my career. 
and sometimes when you need it if if I have to say something I I will say it but I think we have a lot of players that even though they have not been here for a long time they they were in different clubs and playing for for the highest clubs in the world so they know what it means to play for for Manchester United and the responsibility that we have uh, to play good football and to try to win because you know when I was a kid and since I was born I think every time that I looked at Manchester United it was always playing good football winning celebrating and it was obviously one of the greatest clubs in, in the history of, of the game so we know that we can do that and we want to do that because of the fans what in in, in your career what uh, how has the relationship with the coaches changed perhaps at the beginning you accepted their authority you do now as well I'm sure mm. but uh, but uh, you talk more to them you you, you, you you intervene more in the conversations, even tactical conversations? Or? Um, yeah, through the years, I think, as well, as I told you before, I think you learn more aspects of the game. So, And then you feel that, well, you have lived uh, some experiences that maybe it can help to sort some problems and to speak with some players or with the manager or with whoever. But yes, um, I always like to be very communicative with, with my managers. And then it depends on the personality of the manager. Some managers, they speak a lot with the players, some they don't. And then you have to accept that. But uh, I've always been very open to, to conversations with managers because I believe communication is a very important tool for everyone. And especially when you're leading or managing a group of people, communicating is, is very important. And in terms of impact of coaches, do you remember a chat, a conversation, even one of those that happens before games, that really comes into mind and you think not that we you won because of that but that really stuck in your mind um, well I remember for example just before we won the Champions League with with Chelsea with Roberto Di Matteo uh, he was a very passionate coach very good communicating very good reaching players and um, we got, uh, b just before the game, we got the meeting, and then obviously he was speaking about tactical issues and things, but he was more focused into the mm, motivational uh, part of the game, which is obviously playing a Champions League finalist. I couldn't find anything more exciting than that. And he was very good into that. And then he put a video of, of our families wishing us good luck and, you know, wives, girlfriends, moms grandmans and um, and after that the way he spoke he was very emotional we all got quite emotional and, and it was key because we felt that you know we're representing Chelsea we are here to try to win in Munich against Bayern Munich it was very very tough but we felt that destiny had that gift for us and, and you know Chelsea lost the final in Moscow against Man United a few years ago and we felt at that moment and it was our moment and with these conversations with these feelings in that room I think we start winning This summer must have been difficult uh, if nothing else because of a new manager coming in who you had previous history with but obviously there was a lot of stories in the papers about the future how do you deal with all that? Do you read the papers? Do you... Uh well it... it gets to you because obviously even if you don't read them then it's a friend that calls you or there's a familiar that calls you what's this what is that are you going there are you moving there and you know uh, there were a lot of things say that I didn't like and and that they were not true that's what the the big problem is because if they say something that is this may be happening then then it's fine but creating stories I don't I don't like, like. like what a lot, a lot. Uh, I said yesterday a lot. You know, they were saying that I was leaving, that I was going to this club, that I was speaking with this club, that I had conversations with the manager about this, that I was changing my number, that a lot of things that they were not true. And then you can every single day try to stop it, going and saying this is not true, this is not true, but then you get crazy. Or you can do what I did, which is, Okay, you can say whatever you want. I I know what's going on. I know the truth, and I prefer to stay focused on what I have to do. And my mind was fully focused on that. Replying my friends, replying my family, and telling that nothing of that was true, and that's it.
But it must have been a moment where you had a conversation with, with Jose Mourinho and said, okay, you my man or... No. Nothing? No. So it all goes naturally, you know. Uh, sometimes in football, because obviously people want to know what's happening inside and wants to try and or try to imagine what's happening inside. But most of the time, what happens inside is more normal than people think. So maybe sometimes it's not needed even a conversation. It's needed a training and training and training, playing and, and speaking through football and speaking through the ball. And and I like that. But obviously, when you're outside and you try to to know what's going on, then your mind it goes uh, endless. In fact, if you think about it, it probably was a good decision from the manager's point of view. It's like, okay, show me. Well, I don't know what he thought, but uh, I did what uh, what I always did. You know, it's not just in, in in here in Manchester, but during my career and during other footballers' career, there's always rumors, rumors, and and what you can do. You have to do your job, and and I did mine, and I'm trying to do mine the best I can. I was and I am very happy in the team. I feel important in the team. Uh, and that's it. I feel loved from the fans. And the rest is, is speculation. You are listening to Juan Mata, Breaking the Mold. Loved by many fans, admired by writers and journalists, Juan established himself as one of the nicest men in football, but with a quiet intensity that has transformed this modern midfielder into a winner. Well, what's your impression when you come to England? And I know you've been here for a while, but what, what would you say are the big differences in how uh, games are prepared in Spain and here, how they played I think it has changed a lot, English football, since I came. And uh, even before I came, the last probably 10, 15 years, I think it has changed a lot. And there's foreign managers coming, there's a lot of uh, foreign players coming as well. So I feel there is more European way of, of football rather than historical English way of football. Uh, but probably... Uh, here the games and it's a fact are more physical. You know, are more physical. They are bigger and stronger defenders. The referees allow more things, and then you have to get used to that. And probably in Spain they are a bit more based on possession and you know um, this kind of game that we normally in Spain we play. But if you speak about exciting games and and crazy things can happen, I think English football is the best in the world. Uh, you go to any stadium or any rival camp to Old Trafford and you are in trouble if you don't play good or if you don't finish your chances. In other leagues, you feel that maybe that's more difficult, you know. Uh, maybe 10 teams, they compete, but the rest 10 teams, you know, when they face one of the biggest, they're going to lose. And here it's difficult and, and I think everyone feels the same when they come from the first time to the English football. So I will say to any to everyone that... I recommend to come to the English football at least one season to feel how good it is. Have you got a theory why England is not winning? Um, no, no, um, no. Because I think they have the they have the players to do it. You know, they have, especially in these last years. Or obviously, when Scholes, Lampard, Gerrard, uh, Beckham, they were all playing, they had a great team. But it's true that they never. Uh, won in the in the recent history. They never won something big, but I don't I don't know the reason because I think they have all the things to to win, and maybe they do it uh, sooner than later because because as I say they have good players coming like Marcus and and young players so they will I see that they will compete. You have to. Uh choose one game your favorite game and that's the one that's going to be uh, you know in the DVD that you will give the most important person in your life what will be the game um, the most emotional game that I've been I didn't play but that was the the final of the World Cup where Andres Iniesta scored and that was an unbelievable feeling but that I played probably I have to say 
uh, obviously the Champions League final. I mean, I don't know how many players are able to play uh, Champions League final during their careers, but even though it was a tough game and, you know, a very suffering game, uh, we were defending and trying to, to score and we did it in the almost last minute and then in the penalties as well. Um, it was a difficult night, but at the end, probably one of the best nights in my life. Chelsea have won a corner over on the far side. Their first of the game in the 88th minute of the match. Their first of the game. Well, if ever he wanted a good corner, one matter. If ever he wants to clear Philip Lamb on the front post, then it's now. Every outfield Chelsea player inside the Bayern Munich half. Most of them inside the penalty area. It's aimed in towards Didier. Drobru gets a header in and he scores in the final few minutes of the European Cup final. Extraordinary from Chelsea. And um, a goal probably... It didn't mean a lot for the result because we have already probably won the game. But uh, I was always, or I will be always... Proud to say that I have scored in the final of uh, Eurocup. You know, we won four 0 against Italy. We just got into the pitch and I scored the fourth goal, which was obviously four 0 against Italy, something great. And uh, it was a great venue and a great game to do it. Here is Torres. He's onside again. He's been played into the center. Oh! Juan Mata, who fires the ball low and hard into the empty net. Torres had drawn out Buffon after the ball had been slipped through into the box. He squared it to his Chelsea teammate, who fired it low and hard into an unguarded goal. And Spain are European champions again. I haven't mentioned the World Cup victory this week, so I think you have to take me for a minute to that day, because that was for all of us. It was just mm. something we'll never forget, and it has to be considered one of the best moments of our lives. For so sure. take us there. Uh... Tough game, uh, very physical game. But when we got into the extra time, I felt that we were going to win because we were playing much better. And then, especially Andres Iniesta was, you know, leading the team, trying to create something. And uh, they had a big chance, one or two big chances, but a big chance with Arjen Robben against Iker. At that moment, uh, I've got a still no no idea why. I got up of my seat. I was in the in the media uh, seats and started kicking the chair. I stood up and started kicking the chair, and the chair was going all over the place, and everybody was mm. thinking I was crazy. But mm. I don't know why. The, the feeling that it has to be our moment. If this happens, it has to happen. It has to be I've, our day. I felt that in the extra time. So, but I didn't, or we didn't want to arrive to penalties uh, because in penalties you never know. So, I mean, when when Iniesta scored, it was it was an incredible feeling. We all start running to him uh, from the bench and from the pitch to that corner and uh, we arrived there we fell we you know it was like a <laughs> like a fight but we were celebrating and we could feel the silence because it was where all the Holland um, supporters were in that part of the stadium they were much more than the Spanish supporters and we were screaming and you know happiness but we felt the silence of the rest of this part of the of the stadium. Fabregas works it round the corner. Fernando Torres has got it on the left-hand side now. Torres clipping it inside the box. A very tired challenge gets it away. Fabregas through. It's Iniesta to win the World Cup for Spain. That's the goal that surely sees them crowned champions of the world. Andres Iniesta, the man of the match, with the biggest goal in Spanish football history. And then after that, it was the longest four minutes in our life. It was 116 minutes and it was too long. Uh, but when the referee whistled the final end, it was probably one of the best feelings in, in the world for me. Uh, we start running nowhere, we start screaming and feeling that we have made history because it really was history. In fact, you look so happy. You All of you look so happy, but at the point where you see the cop. Is that the moment where you realise what you've done or one of the early moments? Mm, yes, because when we were in the pitch celebrating, we were telling to each other what have we done. I mean, it's going to be crazy when we come back to Spain. And 
And then, yeah, when we lifted the cup, and when you see the cup in the dressing room, then you realise this is crazy. It has taken 80 years, but Spain are the champions of the world. Casillas in tears again as he lifts the trophy to the heavens. Finally, the great underachievers of world football have their hands on the biggest prize of all. Spain, the world champions. Um, probably one of the best feelings was the day after when we arrived to Spain. Uh, it was incredible that day when you go to, into the parade, you call it parade, no? uh, through Madrid, all the country was outside. Uh, we couldn't see any space in the streets for anyone else. Everyone was out uh, welcoming us and, and it was one of the greatest as well days in my life. It was uh, unbelievable and unforgettable. Remember one face in particular, one face of somebody in the crowd? <laughs> there, there were too many, I don't know, no. I don't remember any faces. I've seen some uh, non-faces, you know, you are in the parade and then you start looking and then someone does like, and then it was one guy that was with you in the school, then the other one is one guy from a restaurant and you start seeing people that you don't, you know, but at that moment you you just go with, you know, with the excitement and, and the happiness and... And then when we were speaking in front of all the people in 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 the in I think it was Cologne and it was incredible. So one of the greatest feelings in my life. Nobody boos matter, and that's his strength. How many players can say they have played for Real Madrid, Chelsea, Manchester United? And still be called Mr. Nice? Every step of his career has been carefully thought of and he has not always taken the easy route. On and off the pitch, one likes to test the boundaries, create his own path. Perhaps because he's not the quickest or the strongest, he's not the most talented, and as a consequence he has had to develop that part of the body that helps you reach the furthest, the brain. Juan Mata breaks them all. Thank you for listening. Till next time. Hasta luego. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.